If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Saga fit, saga fit, saga fit. No lie, but um, vous aimez moi ces jours ça ouvre les saga fit en vrai, on va jouer. Qui veut dire saga fit? Fait double saga fit. Ah, comment on est, comment on est, nous retourner. We are back with another episode. This one is going to be fire. We have a special, special, special guest. Avant même nous invite nous introduire, introduce the the special guest. Mac, come on, come on, come weekend at the moment. Come on, come on, we got the How's it? Man, if I'm being honest, man, my weeks are usually better than my weekends. I hate weekends, yep. man. Easy, man. You can do two hours things going on. Yeah, exactly, man. Do a lot of stuff. I was painting. I'm still painting. Um, if you guys heard last, last, uh, if you guys heard the, you know, the, the intro, we talked about, um, we talked about the fact that I have a baby on the way. Yeah. So. And Pentuya Shum and Baby Ruth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Up and all that stuff. And um, and then I have to do all of that on the weekend. So I hate the weekend. But I'm here. Hey, that's um, good, man. Dude, dude, dude. When you're busy in business, you know what business about. Um, man, I had a, I had a, well, I had a much better week than the previous week um, from work. Um, the previous week was just crazy um but it's it's much better now we have new members on our team and it's just uh, it's going great um wedding planning man it's it's not fun at all i didn't know that all that involved well uh, it's it's man golly and time is just running running out so um it's it's, it's exciting but you know we here man we here no put the business woman you no put the young lot Go, 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 go business strategy keep vraiment popular right now in this market and we have a special guest like I mentioned earlier and one thing about this guest uh, I, I believe this guest beat a record uh, on COVID because this is going to be the third time first ever yes you know first ever time we have a guest on the show for three times the first season she was there twice So she actually started the podcast. So she was the first guest on, on the first season, first guest. Um, she is a good friend of mine. She is my business partner. Uh, she, she's been in background as well, helping out the podcast in terms of like motivating. I remember when we first, uh, I was um, giving her the idea, just like I was giving Mac, you know, she was pretty um, excited about it and, and actually, um, encouraged me to, to do it and she was like i'll be on your show i'll be your first guest <laughs> so so I'm, i'm 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 thrilled i'm excited to bring her on again for a third time and uh, let me go ahead and introduce her give her a proper introduction before we start this episode so she's a software engineer she's an entrepreneur and she's a airbnb super host which is what we're going to talk about today and she she is one of the founders of haitian millennial money um 
and she is the she's currently pursuing financial independence and passionate about educating the Haitian community about enter, entrepreneurship and financial literacy. <laughs> yeah, when, that's would, what happened. That's what happened when you when you famous man. You got multiple things going on. This is man. amazing. Go, <laughs> man. Welcome, Merlin Raymond, for a third time on Coin Podcast. Hello, 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 hello. Take a foot, Merlin. How can I'm la? How are you guys doing? Doing good, doing good. We're glad to have you for a third time. We know when you're here, you're gonna drop gems. You have a lot to share with the Haitian people, so we're glad to have you back. Thank you, thank you. Glad to be back. And I'm also happy to to actually get to know you as well, Merlene. I know, um, you know, we started talking on the back end, but um, in in talking to you. Um, I learned some stuff about you, right? So before we get into the episodes, we like to talk, you know, give you time to flex your Haitian pride and your Haitian muscles. So we we usually try to think of a question to make me talk about your memories of Haiti or to talk about Haiti in general. Um, so as far as I understand it, you you love plants and you you're the plant lady. You're the go to. <laughs> um, so for those of us who didn't necessarily grow up. Um, like that or don't have the expertise. What should I do? Tell me what, what to do really quickly. <laughs> if you have a mango tree that you want to plant, um, I would say one of the things that is the best thing to do is not necessarily grow it from seed. You actually mm. want to try to propagate it from a mango tree. So mm. Go get a piece of it, you know, cut it up, and then you're going to put it in some water and you'll try to get some roots. And once you get some roots, plant it and you'll be good to go. Like, that's one of the best ways to get a mango tree. Yeah. Oh, wow. It takes a while, though, you know, and obviously you want to compost and do all those things around it. But yeah, if you have a mango tree that you think has the best mangoes, try to propagate it. See, I grew up in, in Lapland, right? But I I just knew we had mango trees. I never knew the background of it since I know that you love that you have these trees and stuff like that. It's, it was interesting to me. It's about mando question, bozo question, because it's it's like, um, did you did you do that in Haiti as well, or you just learned it here? No, so um, so I'm originally from Laguna Haiti, and mm-hmm. we were from the mountains. And the way that we had income, my family was by growing actually was oh, corn. Okay. So we were corn growers okay. and potatoes and things of that nature. Um, so what's funny, my dad always tells me the story is that my great grandmother sent my grandpa to school. Um, that was unknown, like unheard of to leave and go and leave Laguna to go to school. And my grandpa came back to become a farmer and he didn't stay in school. He was a farmer. And so from there, like even when he immigrated to the U.S., I remember helping him um, with his farm behind his house. It was amazing. And I tried my best and learned so much from him. And unfortunately, he isn't able to see my garden now. But I think that's what kind of stays with me is like that memory. Tradition. And, that's, you know, that's, so it's in your blood. I got yeah. you. <laughs> that's awesome. That is great. That is great. Well, let's jump right in. I'm super <laughs> practical. Let's get it. So... <laughs> So today, the topic is passive income through Airbnb. Um, we all know Airbnb right now is a very hot topic. And it's one of the, uh, one of the ways that uh, either business owners and, and entrepreneurs or people who actually invest in real estate that they use to make money, That's the, that they use to make passive income. So 
let's just walk us through, like, how did you get into the Airbnb business and, and why Airbnb in particular? Why not? You know, because most people do long term uh, rental. Right. So why why Airbnb? So it's something that I've been looking at for a while. So I personally use Airbnb for a while since like 2016. I would, me and my sister would take trips and I would rent out a room in somebody's house. And I thought, this is amazing. Um, this person is able to offset their mortgage by just renting out a room in their house uh, to people like me. Um, and so whenever I was in the process of buying my own home, I was looking at the pros and cons. So if I were to rent it out full time, that means that there would be somebody um, in my house full time. So I have a house that's split up into two. We wouldn't necessarily share space, but that means that there would always be someone there um, for a, let's say a year long contract, right? A year long lease. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like, uh, I live here and this is my house. And what if I wanna invite my family over and I wanna have space for them to stay? Well, if I have someone there that's renting for a year long lease, I can't do that. So that's really where Airbnb came in because I knew that I could block off days if I wanted to. I had more control. Um, what if it was a really bad tenant? They would be there for a year because that's the contract. But if I have a really bad Airbnb guest, they're only there for a few days. days. Yep. They're gone. That's it. Um, of course, there are things like, okay, I, I'm not able to really do a background check on the people that are coming, mm -hmm. but I do get to see reviews and I can kind of get an idea. And again, Airbnb is really about the idea that I'm renting a space from you and I'm going to respect your space. That's the whole purpose. So that's the hope that we have when people come. It doesn't always happen, but overall, I just felt like it made more sense for just what I wanted to do with my house and what was comfortable for me. Um, and if you really look at the numbers, renting out, <laughs> nightly instead of monthly you know you get that deposit every few days when people come you get that deposit the next day whereas if you're doing a long-term tenant you get a deposit maybe on the first of every month, every month you get yeah. there's just a, you know financially there's a little bit more reward again i want to say this full disclosure that's not necessarily the case in every single space because it just depends on your location it's going to depend on what you're providing what you have, because people are expecting more from Airbnb now. You can't just throw like a pillowcase on the floor and say, man, you can't do that anymore. So there's just, for me, it just made sense for like just what I was purchasing, my comfort levels and financially it just made more sense. That's what's up. What I hear, um, and I know I'm wrong, but I hear I like, I love people, but I love money more. So I don't need them <laughs> in my space long term. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't, I don't blame you. you. Come in, get out, give me my money. Come on, come on. I, I want my family here, really, but I want your money too. So go ahead and come and give me this money. Um, one hundred percent. That's really what it is. So with with Airbnb and businesses, and so like this this whole first part of season three, we're we're literally uh, bringing in different aspect of business, and Airbnb is just is just an aspect. It's one business, one type of business. Um, there are also unrealistic expectations that that people set up i mean you mentioned um you know people are even even on the flipping even the customers they're expecting a lot more now you, you got to give them you know heated pools now and all of that so like to to talk about the like what it takes to run that business um you know and and definitely you know talk about to the un, un, um, unrealistic expectations in terms of like in versus like what's really happening on the back end what does it take to run the business yeah, yeah. So this question made me remember there was a shade room post. I think it's an ad and somebody is starting, um, they're selling a course on Airbnb and they dropped some numbers. And I was like, okay, 
I don't want to say it's unrealistic, but the, you know, the math is just not mathing for me. And I think a lot of people in the comments are also like, what? It, I think that with the popularity of Airbnb, a lot of people now are selling courses and saying, okay, you can make 5,000, 6,000, like I think $12,000 a month on Airbnb. One thing that we have to understand is there's seasons, there's highs and lows. Um, so kind of go back, the pro of having a long-term tenant is, you know, you're getting the same amount of money every single month. Whereas with Airbnb, something to understand is that you're going to have seasons where you may make a thousand, like you don't have people coming, they're not traveling. Whereas there's other times where you're going to get more. So there's highs and lows in the business. And the other part is that um, it's a customer service position. Like I've had people get locked out, even though I give them, I use an August app so you can get in with your app, right? For some reason, their phone's dead. They can't use the app. I even have a keypad for them. They forgot their code. So I'm, it's crazy. I was actually awake. So funny story. I'm awake. I'm usually not. I like my bedtime, 9 p.m. But I was awake at like one in the morning and I just hear banging on my door. And I'm just like, what's going on? It's the people that are upstairs that are renting. They've been locked out. They can't get in. So I have to be up to help them get in. So that's just, it's not just peaches and cream. You sit down and you get your money. It's they call it passive because you are setting it up and you can expect to have people come in and stay, but it's less passive than having a long-term tenant. You're having to do check-ins. You're having to clean the space before another people, person arrives. You have to, like I said, answer questions. Even though I'm very detailed in my posts about what to expect, I'm going to get questions all the time. How far is it from Disney? Um, how's parking? That's all answered, but people are going to ask those questions and you just have to have like the patience and the ability to just understand, I just have to answer the question. But then the other part, which is really, really important, everybody screenshots everything now. So mm. you can't just respond wild or like, you know, deny right, people. Right. You have to say everything so nicely. Yep. Even if they have the worst reviews and mm. you're about to say, no, you cannot stay at my place. You need to kindly say that. Because one, you have to be careful about protected classes, about not denying somebody because of their race and gender or disability. You have to be careful about so many different things. Yeah. So those are all things to be just, just to be realistic I, yeah. about it. It's not all peaches and cream. Definitely, definitely. So you you have a interesting layout of a home, especially in Florida, right? Um, you have a basement and then you have, the uh, what do you call it the the upper floor where that that's where you're renting right. um most people don't have that right so and i can imagine somebody listening right now they said well you know she she's living in a home and then she's doing airbnb and she's you know making money um i can imagine someone right now well i can't find a house like that so if someone want to start with airbnb what type of house one and how can they start mm-hmm doing that so there's a few different strategies you can use so some of the earlier airbnbs that i stayed in they just rented out a room so they would live in like let's say one room of the house and let's say they had a four-bedroom house they would rent out the other three i think now with covid people are less likely to rent out those homes possibly um, but that is an option if you have a house let's say that has two stories you might want to rent out the top story and you live on the bottom and so at that point, you would maybe only share the kitchen um, and the entryway and things of that nature. Um, another option is um, I actually had my parents stay in one Airbnb. They converted their garage into an apartment. 
So again, there was really no interaction with the guests. We used the keypad to get, or with the host, used the keypad to get in, but they just converted their garage into a complete apartment. So the garage door went up? Huh? The garage no, so they door? basically like blocked it all off and it was just like a door on the side. So some garages have like doors on the side. Right, right, so right. That's what they use. So it was a really nice setup. I would, I loved it. My parents loved it. So that's another option. Um, another thing that some people can look for is not necessarily a basement, but what they call an auxiliary unit. So these are going to be houses that have like a house in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a few in like, I've seen some in Tampa. I have a friend that has a house like that. Um, there's some like in Orlando, downtown Orlando. So even when you're doing your search for houses, you don't necessarily need to look for like a duplex or a triplex. You can look for auxiliary units, units or in-law suites. Those yeah. kind of houses are really useful yes, to do mm-hmm. Airbnb. Now, another strategy, which is really popular, where you don't necessarily have to buy a home is doing Airbnb arbitrage. So that's where you are creating a lease with another owner, and then you are renting it out on Airbnb. Now, this strategy is a little complicated. I don't want to get into it, but basically (laughs) your goal is to, like, it is a business strategy. So if you're able to do it, 100% support it. But I do always want to encourage people to pursue ownership because doing Airbnb arbitrage, there is no ownership in that. You are renting from somebody else and then re-renting it basically. So, but that is hundred percent a income source and possibilities. Yeah. yeah. No, with, with that one, I want to add, um, it's, it's, it's very important that, um, by doing that, you actually have, you know, some type of communication with, with the, with the landlord or the apartment you are renting, because if you do that, they don't know about it. That's illegal, right? You can get yourself in trouble. So uh, I just wanted to add that part in there. (laughs) Um, That's great. That's great. Um, So that's uh, okay. So I was listening to you and I was thinking about my, my setup um, in terms of like my house. And I was like, man, let me see if, if that's, if that's something that I can do myself. Um, so there, there are challenges and difficulties that exist um, just on the, on the business side of, of uh, Airbnb. Um, I'm sure you have some great, interesting stories. I mean, you just, you just mentioned somebody knocking on your door. That's crazy. I don't, I don't even know how you handle that. Um, I, <laughs> so like, what are some like interesting, like, challenges or difficulties that people can think about in terms of like that um and and if you've had some maybe give some solutions that you've you've done as well like that annoying person that that knocked on your door (laughs) um so really one of the main things i would say to try to um, overcome challenges is to try to think of what could go wrong like i really anytime i'm setting something up i always think like okay What's the worst thing that could happen? What are things that could possibly happen? You want to think on the, like, I want my guests to be really intelligent and be able to understand all my instructions, but how can I make this like even less complicated? Um, So again, with my locks, uh, it is the August app. So I'm not sponsored by them, but if they want to sponsor me, hey, Um, but August app, you just send them a code and they can, you know, use their phone to get in. So that really simplifies it. There's no key to lose, right? And then I'm like, okay, what happens sometimes when you're out on vacation, your phone dies, okay? So I'm gonna also put in a keypad. And so then even if their phone dies, there's also a keypad on the side that they can use to get in. So again, just making it so that even if this goes wrong, there's a backup. Um, Other complications that you can have are gonna be your, your guest gets lost or they don't know where things are. 
um, or they have issues with Wi-Fi. That's a big one. So I have to understand that not everybody is going to be able to read it and write it exactly. They might have issues. Not, oh, I can't use the Wi-Fi. I had that before where we spent like so long on the phone trying to figure out what the Wi-Fi is. And it was because they weren't capitalizing a letter, like no lie. So what I did, I just, now have the, I just now have a picture of the QR code, which you can do now. I just printed out the QR code. And once they come in, they just put their phone on it, QR code, they're on the Wi-Fi. So I really try to think of how can I make this as simple as possible for my guest? Um, but yeah, those, those are really the biggest things is like Wi-Fi issues. You're going to have like the lock, um, yeah, parking. I don't, I don't know how else I can explain. Yeah. Parking is in the front of the house. I, I've had guests like knock on my neighbor's door, even though like I have a picture of what my door looks like. So, you, you know, so you told them that they can come come knock on your door if they need it. Oh, like knocking on the wrong door to get in the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So gotcha. they're like trying to get into my neighbor's house because they got lost for some reason. I'm like, but there's a picture of the door and like, look at the number before <laughs> you try to get in. So like, but yeah, you have to think about all these things. And again, so what can help with that is you have instructions that include the picture of your door and you tell them, you know, this is where to park and you have pictures and you just really try to, like I said, make it as smooth yeah 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 but obviously it's not an easy business right so there's there's a lot you know there's a cleaning part of it too there's like the risk of them um you know smoking the house and you know different things that that could go wrong and and i don't want people to think that this is just a business just to come and make money but you also have to think what are the background stuff you have to be able to deal with um but in that note so if somebody listening right now, they want to start, right? They're interested in like, okay, I like this Airbnb thing. Um, like what are some resources available to help, you know, that potential Airbnb host to kind of like jumpstart their business? Yeah. So one of the things that I would say for sure is don't buy a thousand dollar course. Don't do that. It's <laughs> don't do that. Why not? They're going to give me A to Z, you know, no, but the thing is though, they're not going to get the house for you and they're not going to do the rental arbitrage for you. They're not going to do any of that for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's so much more that you can learn by just like going at it. I think a great way to start is to just have a room and just try it out and see if you can <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the course creators, you know, like I've even thought about, it. I was like, okay, like I can, cause I offer coaching and I would, I even feel bad with like what I charge. Cause I'm like, oh, it's really nice. you know what I mean? But we do have to get to the point where it's like, okay, I know I have the knowledge. I know I can like help right, you right. at least help you get started really quickly. So I do offer that. But one of the first things I would say is don't go in and buy a course and have these like high expectations, especially when they're giving you these big numbers. One thing I would say is to ask them to do like a screen recording, show their phone and like show it because it's really easy to like, you know, Photoshop some numbers and make it yeah. like beautiful. Yeah. But like have them show you like, okay, what did you actually make? Because I think that would make a really big difference on like who you're buying the course from. So <laughs> that's just a thing. But in terms of resources, I would say go on airbnb.com. They have a forum where there are hosts that are answering questions, talking about their experiences. When I was just starting, I was trying to figure out what was the right type of sheets to get. Cause you know, obviously there's different type of sheets. I don't know thread count. I don't know. So I went on there and there's people like, oh, here's what I recommend. This is where I bought it and things of that nature. Mm. And when I was trying to figure out, okay, like for my, for my cleaning. Okay. I didn't want to have just somebody coming in kind of sporadically. I wanted to be where it would just automatically be managed by Airbnb. So 
I found an app and it's just by Googling or going on that forum to just see what other hosts are doing. So for my cleaning, I use Turnover BNB and it just, it's integrated with Airbnb so that once I get a booking, my cleaner knows like, okay, they have to come oh, back. Nice. And if it's canceled, nice. it cancels it, it there. Um, I would also say there are a lot of blogs. I can't think of one right now off the top of my head, but I do know there's like a blog where he actually even does comparisons of different, let's say pricing tools. So there's like use wheelhouse, there's another pricing tool and he'll kind of show you the difference of like using those pricing tools versus using the pre-built Airbnb pricing tool. And what I mean by pricing tool is in Airbnb, you can make it to where it automates the pricing based on the, the needs, right? So if it's popular, the price will go up, it's less popular, it will go down. But don't use the Airbnb pricing tool because they're trying to make a profit. So they're going to get your prices down low. So you want to either do it by yourself or use a system like Use Wheelhouse where they're going to look at what events are happening in the, the area, yeah. what's the demand, and they're going mm. to increase the prices and manage right. So I think the best place to start is on Airbnb and their forums. Look out for blogs and just do the research and just try it. Um, before you get into, especially like a long-term lease kind of thing, just at least try it out to see, do you even have the personality for it? Cause not everybody's really mm -hmm. into answering people at two o'clock, you know, two in the morning, you know, mm -hmm. I or, always thought, go ahead. No, or, or you can, I was going to say, or you can book Merlene and she's going to get help you, uh, get started. Yeah. <laughs> her course is coming out. Her course is coming out soon. $2,000. <laughs> No, I would never. I'm managing that. Listen, if I get you some, some people to, to, to course them, course them, please. Don't say nothing, just course them. Um, I always thought that people were going by themselves and changing the price. So there's there are tools for that. Um, mm -hmm. based on what's going on. I I was like, like you were going on one day. Like I was looking for a place in um, St. Augustine. I hate that lady. Um, <laughs> you guys know why. I would go, and then the price would be like less than a hundred dollars, and then I go closer to the wedding and then um the price went up like almost yeah. 150. yeah i, I always wonder like, like it's last it, minute there's more demand so oh, it, yeah. it changes you know and you lose out if you don't automate it so if you have like one price set for the entire year you're losing out on money so oh that's a that's you. a setup too you can have a, a price set for the entire year that's yeah cool. you can if you want to but i wouldn't recommend it because yeah yeah, and you you know what's crazy? One thing I, I learned, real estate in general, I guess, is is all about location, right? You could have, you know, not so looking Airbnb, but if it's in like a nice neighborhood, you will get traffic. You will mm -hmm. get some money. But you could have the nicest, you know, Airbnb, but if it's like in a wrong location, too far from Disney World or too far from downtown or too far from wherever, then you're probably going to be, you know, suffer a little bit. Yeah, I ain't gonna tell you. I got a crazy story um, about Airbnb. I got I got left overnight where you know everything was fine. I went to Costa Rica. Um, oh. Everything was fine with the setup. <laughs> they the place looked beautiful. Had an infinity oh, pool. I got there. It was nighttime. It was like Stop oh, monkey, monkey. nine ten p.m. and it's on top of a mountain. Uh -huh. on top, I they weren't you. So <laughs> if they heard me knocking, nobody came and opened the door. <laughs> I'm sitting on top of the mountain in a car in a country that I don't even know with a pregnant wife. And I'm like, these people are not answering. And in the system, it said that they have their, not a butler, but they have like somebody that is nearby that can come open the door. Yeah. I've called. I knock. My wife got upset. She went and banged on the window. Nobody <laughs> showed up. Yeah. And the lady, I, man, so I don't, I power to, 
to yes. you for waking up in the middle of the night for that, that person. Crazy. Because yeah. I followed the rules and it was yeah. just that their maid or butler just went to sleep and they yeah. just didn't I, come I, and open I, the door. I think I think the mistake they make is is not automating their process. I yeah. think they didn't have any they didn't have the keypad. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So August they, August pad, like, like yeah, yeah. trying I, to I, get I, I, yeah, I think they August, if you're listening, get Merlene to hurt her a little money, you know. Yeah, I think they said the key was under the mat, but we you find out like way later or something like that. Yeah, like, the key was under the mat, but that's not what your system said. Your yeah, system said somebody's gonna come and open come in, the door, yeah. but yeah. the person I guess felt the need like she was tired or he was tired, he wanted to go to sleep. He just Man. put the key in the mat and there was no update, yeah. no like sir, unfortunate, you know. Um, so like <laughs> Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, so that has happened before where um, I've had a guest like calling, calling, but this is why. So this is on the guest, right? I always ask about two days before they arrive, about what time are you arriving? Because I mean, I'm self-managing. Obviously the lock is there. I've sent you instructions, but I know that people sometimes don't know how to do it. Right. Or they don't download it before they get there. She tells me a time, the time passed. I said, well, I have a baby shower to go to. So Mm. did you write her and say that no because i'm like well you got it because you've been you've done airbnb before and you told me a time and you're not here well i'll have my phone if you call or if you have any issues i'll see it right i'm at the baby shower and mind you like i think it's fair to respond to somebody within an hour if she had told me she's on her way i would have seen it right but like she arrived and then was calling 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 but we're just doing the whole baby shower thing so i didn't see it Right. Which, again, if you had just gave me an update on what time you're arriving, it would have been fine. But obviously, on my end, I learned something there is that I need to check in with the guests, be like, hey, but I also don't want to be too like in their space because I'm like, okay, what if you just want to go get a lunch and you're not arriving yet? You got it. Yeah, so, yeah. I, you, you have to check in and you also have to give grace beer. I'm, I'm speaking from the customer's perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I went in a country where I didn't know nobody. <laughs> and so, I, I got there 40 minutes later than I said. You asked yeah. me what time I, she did. The person did ask me. And yeah. I said, you know, I'm going to be there at 7. I forget what I said. And I, I think I got there like 7.40 or whatever. It was just literally. And then I still gave a heads up. Yeah, um, okay. We texted like, hey, we're going to be, we're going to be, we're, we're just getting there. And so that it still took 20 minutes after I sent that text or 20, 30 minutes to get there. And then I almost slept in my car. Uh, mm-hmm. It wasn't going to be fun. Uh, yeah. But thank God, you know, Airbnb again gave, you know, I found another one. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Sure. so like even even in that regard, um, what would you do differently? I know you just gave an example of that lady. You know, you, you keep your phone on you while you're at the baby shower and eating cake. But like what would you do differently um, just from your time? Just so people know exactly um, how the mistakes not to make. So what I would do differently is um, one of the things I would. Uh, Cause one of my worst experiences is when I reduced my prices. Um, so this was in like the height of COVID um, and you know, people just weren't traveling as much. And I was like, okay, well um, let me just reduce my prices. They were so low, honestly, never again. So that's one of the biggest mistakes I've made. I would never reduce it because I think you have to understand the value of what you have. And at that point, um, yeah, I was just like, yeah, I understand the value of what I have. I have a really nice home. Like I take pride in it. One of like the reviews I get is that it's super clean. Like, always communicating like I I take pride in that so not taking it below what the value is based on okay just how 
moving out of fear, I guess. Yeah. I don't want to move out of fear. I don't want to reduce the prices. I want to keep it at the value because one of the things I've learned is that people are going to rent it because they're going to see the value. And once you reduce your prices too low, you're going to get the wrong type of guests. The guests that are yep. going to, yep. you know, the toilet unflushed, yep. um, all their stuff in there. You're going to get the guests who like break Dude. stuff and leave it in the sink. And, you know, possibly your cleaning crew could like get their hands cut. Like those are the type of guests you don't want. And those tend to happen whenever you, you know, reduce lower. the value. Yeah, you know, lower your prices. Um, so that's one thing that I would change. I think the other thing I would change is... Uh, I am type A a little bit. So I, I think that early on, I was so, if the if the towel wasn't like correct, I would like, after the cleaning crew came, I would go and like move it and like align it correctly. One of the things I had to like change is I just need to let go and just chill out because the level of stress sometimes that I would have with the business was unnecessary. And it's because of the personality type I have, it was just too much. Um, and that also led to me kind of being a little too hovery with the guests where I, I wasn't in their space, but a lot of times I would just like sit outside and just like have my headphones on and be like, oh my gosh, they're breaking my stuff. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? And it was just level of stress was unnecessary. So those are things that I would really change. Um, but you wanted those people though, staring at I the cameras. Had... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's because people say one thing and they do another. I mean, I'm Haitian. I know that. Okay. If anybody else who I've ever used Airbnb is listening, this isn't real. But like, if I say I'm bringing five people, I'm probably bringing six or seven. <laughs> I mean, and I, I don't leave bad reviews for that. because. Hey. <laughs> but if anybody, <laughs> I don't do that. Okay. It's a joke. Haha. But I, I don't leave a bad review for that. But I think it's whenever, you know, it just is too much. So yeah, we have to have cameras, not just for ourselves, but for the guests to, you know, to like protect them. So um, but yeah, I think those are the biggest things that I would change just to like relax um, and not be so like type A and to not reduce my prices um, and to just like follow my gut. Because there was times where I'm like, this is gonna be a bad guess. I knew it. Mm-hmm. And then I would just let it go. And it would be the worst experience. Oh, yeah. So just following, yeah, just I just, just follow my gut. I was telling you guys a story earlier about a guest, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be a bad one. I denied it. And funny enough, I got a booking like right afterwards, and it's for a person coming from Costa Rica on business. Two people, they're gonna be amazing guests because they have amazing reviews already. So no headache. It's gonna be there. So just have to follow your gut. Definitely have, trust have. your trust your product. Yeah. Definitely. I think that's great self-awareness for you, honestly, you know, seeing that, you know, this is the type of person I am and this is what affecting me. And you said it's sort of been affecting your uh, mental health in a sense. So that's just, that's great self-awareness. And um, yeah, that that not only you grow as a person, but as a, as a business owner, you'll, you'll go from that as well. Um, aside from the Airbnb business, you are also the co-founder of Haitian Millennial Money. Yes. <laughs> so um, we actually managing. We well, we we started this business together. Uh, she's my partner at Haitian Millennial Money. Uh, we have a lot of uh, uh, updates coming for you guys in terms of um, emerging that's happening between Coim and Haitian Millennial Money, and now Mac is is getting on board as well. Um, but I want you to tell me a little bit about this venture and your experience and what we are trying to do in the Haitian community. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So really Haitian millennial money is about educating. Um, cause I think that, um, our community is prone to being, um, 
to predatory practices a lot of times, yeah. um, especially like, you know, things, because one of the things I love to say is you don't know what you don't know until you don't know it. So our goal is to really educate and bring awareness to things that there's just, we're not having conversations about. So whether it be investing, whether it be just negotiating your salary, like what are you worth? Um, whether it is just like the, yeah, like your 401k matching, um, like what stocks, you know, um, investing, whether it be house hacking or Airbnb, all those little things that we, we need to talk about. Um, not really on topic, but something that I'm like, we've never talked about. And I talked about with my mom recently was just having a, a prenup. Like who mm. talks about that in the Haitian community? And I was talking to my mom and she's like, yeah, what's that? And I'm like, yeah, mommy, it's great. You know, so just having really- She's only saying that because her daughter got businesses and she don't want no man just being a couch potato. That's why she's saying that. She knows she wouldn't do it if it was her. But now her daughter all, you know, big and whatever. And then all of a sudden, a man can't just come and be a great husband. Yeah, see, that's exactly what it is. All that you've built. But we don't have those conversations. So issue money is about having those transparent conversations and, and educating our community so that one, we can just continue to pursue financial um, independence and literacy because when you, when money isn't the biggest, you know, like issue and money isn't the biggest stressor for you, then we're really able to be more creative and to pursue bigger right. things and accomplish so much more. Um, I know a lot of us are so passionate about Haiti and we want to do so much for Haiti, but the way to get there is to not worry about, okay, am I going to be able to pay my bills? And right. you know, that when you have financial independence and you know, like where your money's going. So yeah, it's really what Haitian Millennium is about. Um, we're always bringing you the conference every single year. So we're definitely bringing that back this year. Um, and we're just going to continue to, you know, push forward on our mission to just like have those transparent conversations. Uh, you said it. You said it's transparent conversations. I think it's really needed in our community. As you mentioned, we have a lot of skimmers in the Haitian community, community and we have to make sure that, um, you know, we help people understand that, hey, this thing is long term. It's a long term game. It's not a get rich quick scheme. Right. So it's not like, oh, I found this, you know, um, stock is working. It's going up. Let's dump mm -hmm. all our savings in there without any strategy, without any, no, without even knowing what the stock is. That's just one example. So that's what we are all about. Just kind of, you know, bringing up different conversations about money. Like, you know, um, you just mentioned prenup. We don't talk about it in the Haitian community. We don't talk about trust. We don't talk about a will, you yeah. know, things like that, that, you know, it's necessary. That's needed. But we haven't really touched those topics and that that's what Haitian minimum is, is, is all about. So on my, on my I, end, I, I was going to say, like, I love the, I think one of the things that we all three of us have in common is changing the, the connotation that um, Haitians get around the world. And so I love the fact that uh, Haitian millennial money is not a, what can I get out of it first is, is this is what we're giving. Uh, I love the the idea of a hub in the in a filtering process. You know, like you're not about we're not about to advocate, you know, a two thousand dollar Airbnb courses. Um, you know, because we know that there are simpler ways to do things, and, and also we're not just gonna you know there's debt consolidation company like there's stuff that we're looking as as Haitians. How can we push each other further forward, um, and then get to a point where Haitians have the financial capacity to do bigger and better and to also change the narrative ourselves 
And that's one of the things that I love about Haitian Millionaire Money, even from the background. And now that I get to put my fingers in, in the mud, um, I'm excited about that. I'm excited to, to really um, get to working for us, our, our people, and um, to change the, the narrative. Definitely. This is exciting. And I'm excited about the merger. I feel like we were doing um, working in silos. We had a Haitian Millionaire on the side. And, you know, that was me and Merlin. And we have Koim. That was me and, um, and Mac. So now... We're kind of bringing forces together and kind of align Koim under Haitian Millionaire Money because that's so with Haitian Millionaire Money, we'll have different uh, services and different programs we'll be providing. And the Koim, the podcast itself is one of them. So we have the events, we have we have blogs and and, and video content and, and, you know, a lot of things coming. Right. So it's it's um, going to come um, at a very, I guess, an incremental uh, base, but you, we will grow to the point that we are trying to. So um, that's all for Haitian Money. I, I just wanted to <laughs> us to talk about it a little bit and let people know what's what's coming. We're probably going to have another episode just solely about that. Um, but yeah, that's that's it. So let's move on, Mac, to the next phase. Yeah, um, Merlene, I'm just transitioning, right? So uh, rapid fire questions. First thing that you can think of. First thing that's in your heart. Let Give us all the secrets. Uh, tell us okay. your whole life. Now nah, I'm just playing. <laughs> but um, what, so what are you learning right now? Hmm. So what I'm learning right now, um, Airbnb wise or just personal? Skills, anything, okay. anything. So what Airbnb I'm learning right skills, now is personal. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So what I'm learning right now is um, more about gardening. So I'm, um, really passionate about just um, accessibility to food. I think there's a food insecurity in a lot of places in the world. So I'm learning more about just the gardening process and being able to just grow more. Um, And then also learning about um, project management. So definitely making transition in my career. So right now currently working in more of the um, coding side of things, but moving towards more of the technical project management side. So learning more about that. Okay, so what's your favorite book of all time? Yeesh. Okay. My favorite book of all time. And not rich dad and poor dad. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Okay. I was going to say, so I want it to be more about like, gosh, this is so embarrassing, but I'm going to say Harry Potter. Um, I was that kid. Like I would always go and buy yeah. books and read them within one day. Those, those so, books are huge though. You read. They were. I would read them in one day. Like I was obsessed. Man. So <laughs> I, I, I'll say that for my favorite book of all time. I'm pretty sure like if I thought about it, there's a better one, but I would say, yeah. like, growing up, that was one of my, like, I was really into those. Nice. So I take it gardening is your is your hobby, is what you do for fun? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that, is that accurate? That is okay. accurate. All right, cool. What, what quick word of advice um, that you have for um, our listeners? Uh, quick word of advice. Um, and generally in life is to be patient with yourself, give yourself grace, um, and to pursue the things that you never thought were possible. Um, I think a lot of times like we don't apply for the things that we don't qualify for 100%, but if you're qualified 50%, go for it because you have the capacity and you think if you don't push yourself, um, you won't know what you're able to do. So just give yourself, be patient with yourself, give yourself grace, but also pursue the things that you um, are afraid of pursuing. Um, so, yeah. Awesome, awesome. So Merlene. Um, for the listener listening in right now, how, how can they get uh, connected with you? I know, uh, <laughs> you're not active on social media like that, but 
uh, where can they find you? Where can they contact you if they need coaching, if they need advice? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm on Instagram, but um, more than likely, that's the worst place to find me. But if you go on the Haitian Millennial Money um, Instagram page, you can always DM us um, if you have questions or anything like that. We can, you know, definitely contact me through there. Um, and I also do have a calendar. So on Calendly. Um, dot com slash my first name Merlene. So Canadley.com slash Merlene. Um, you can always schedule time to talk with me. Um, I'm always open to talking about whether it be um, getting into tech. So there's another podcast where, you know, I talk about how I got my education in political science, but now I work in tech. Um, but we could talk about that transition. We could talk about Airbnb. We can talk about real estate. Um, we could talk about gardening. So you can definitely schedule time with me there as well. Yes, yes, uh, definitely. So if you guys wanted to hear the previous episodes uh, that we uh, have with Merlene, the first one from season one, it was about her uh, transitioning into tech. The fourth one was about her investing in real estate, um, uh, mainly like how she bought the house, how she um, was able to um, turn it into her Airbnb and things like that. So it, it has a little bit more detail on the real estate side of things and buying and, and finding that property. So you speaking things into existence. You said the fourth one. We're about to do a fourth one. Um, no, 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 no. The, the, fourth the second one, one? season one. The fourth one from season. Oh, the fourth, fourth episode. episode. Season one. My bad. My bad. Got you, brother. I, th- <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were just going <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah. So the, the fourth episode from season one. So go check it out, guys. Um, it's actually one of the one of our top episodes. Um uh, Merlin, once again, thank you for stopping by. I uh, believe that the audience is going to learn a lot from you. They're going to learn a lot about Airbnb. Um, if someone had in mind to start it, I think, you know, we've given them enough to at least put them in the right direction. So it is a pleasure, again, having you. Mes amis, pas oublier, connecté avec nous tout côté. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are on, 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 on YouTube. Um, also follow Haitian Million Money. Once again, we're going to merge the two platforms. Um, so make sure you follow Haitian Million Money for all things related to financial literacy. And c'est avec Zami Paul Luther. Zami Paul Mac, don't buy an Airbnb course unless it's mine and Merlene's. <laughs> <laughs> all right, ladies and gents. <laughs> Nali. Right.